Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, hey, friends. So I don't know if you're a regular listener or if you're tuning in for the first time, but this is my 200th episode. So you know, confetti cannons are totally appropriate at this point, and yet I'm sitting here recording this in my office, staring at a blank wall as usual. So, you know, there's that. Uh, but I'm really excited about this one. I have not talked about content buckets or content pillars, as some people call them, since episode 134. And since I publish once a week, that is approximately 70 weeks ago, which is a very long time. It was way back at the end of 2020 or beginning of 2021, and here we are. I'm still talking about content because that is my jam. And I have some updates. I have some new methods of content bucket creation and content bucket filling. So I wanted to give a really good episode. And I am using my celebratory episode to do this one because I was actually really excited about it. And and honestly, this is one of those episodes I link back to in Facebook threads where people are talking about things, on LinkedIn posts, in my own content more often than any other episode. And because of that... I wanted to give a really good quality in-depth episode. And I'm going to call myself out here for just a second. One of the big content mistakes that I often talk about is how to content and why you shouldn't be creating it. And this episode is essentially going to be how to create your content buckets. So am I, you know, doing something I tell you not to do? Is this one of those like do as I say, not as I do situations? I'm going to tell you it's actually not. I'm going to give you the reasoning why this how-to content is good, not just for my business, but in general. All right, so that reason is I actually do not do any paid training or paid teaching on how to create content buckets. I do, for my clients, my one-to-one clients, do this work for them, but I don't have this included in my paid training. So if you buy something like the show up system, which is your content system, which is how to get organized with your content and post consistently, I don't actually teach you in that program how to create content buckets. I needed a resource that I could kind of slide people into, for lack of better terminology there, that was already available. I couldn't find anything good on the internet. And trust me, you guys, I searched. I couldn't find anything good on the internet. And therefore, I needed to create it. I needed it to be a good intro to working with Brittany, shall we say. And that's why I created this how-to content. It is that first piece of content. It is that quick win content. People can read this blog article or they can listen to this podcast episode or all of those things combined, right? And they can create their own content buckets. With that said, it gives them that kind of feeling of, oh, hey, I can do this. It starts connecting the dots from where they are right now hey, I'm in the world of not being able to post consistent content. I don't know what to say. I need help. And I know I want to be out there, but I don't know exactly what to do. It gives them that place, connecting the dots to, oh, oh, I see. If I can make sure everything I talk about falls within these categories, it becomes easier for me to generate topics. And then from those generated topics, it becomes easier for me to extrapolate more information and and share and then eventually reuse and repurpose and multiply all those efforts. It is the connecting of the dots the beginning that I talk about all the time. This is what your free value content should be doing. So I'm calling myself out here. Yes, I am putting out free how-to content, but it serves a purpose in my business and it helps 
the greater good of my audience see why and how content can really work for them in their own business as well. Now, the next thing I'm going to call out is why I call them content buckets and not content pillars. I don't like to call them content pillars. And the reason for that is that your core values are the pillars on which your business stands. And since I talk about core values as something that you rely on in your business, I don't want to confuse those pillars with content pillars. It just it just sounds too similar, right? Because you guys, here's the deal. You can fail at a launch. You can fail on delivery of a particular piece of content. But if you fail to live up to or deliver on one of your core values, your business is going to feel awful to you and will crumble. You're going to lose the passion for what you're doing. Things will not feel aligned. And content doesn't get that same distinction. Content you can tweak, you can alter, you can shape. Your content buckets may change. I mean, heck, mine have in this past year. But pillars remain true. Pillars are the foundation upon which your business stands. And also, let's just say pillars. When was the last time you saw three of them holding up anything? And I like three categories, so I call them content buckets. They are three themes that help you stay on brand. And as you flesh out one idea and pull it out of your bucket, you usually end up with a few more from those little idea sparks or comments that you receive after publishing. You can constantly pour in and out of buckets all of these ideas. So the bucket idea, the free-flowing, ever-moving thing, makes way more sense for content than a pillar, which is immovable and stands still. Now that said, let's talk a little bit about what your content buckets need to answer. When you're creating content buckets, you need to take a few questions under advisement, and they are why, who, and how. Let's talk about why first. Now, the why is actually probably the one that feels the most self-serving and not so much audience-serving. It's going to feel a little weird when I say this, right? But the reality is your audience is not stupid. I mean, there, there might be a few people who aren't like critical thinkers out there in the audience, but they're not stupid. They know you're creating content to market your business. So the why question that your content buckets needs to answer is what your marketing and business goals are and the reason you're creating this content as opposed to using other marketing techniques, for example. The who, this is the audience that you are serving through your efforts. Your content buckets need to encompass who they are, what they need, and what path they need to follow in their customer journey. I talk a lot about connecting the dots. Your best client is in spot A right now, and maybe you're in spot C, but they need to see that there's a B in between. They need you to connect the dots between A to B to C, and then again on towards D, E, all the way down to M and Z, right? They need to see that path so that they see that there's a way for them to get to the place where they have the knowledge that you currently have. That's called the transformation. That's the the client journey, the customer journey. Ultimately, it's you showing them that that transformation is possible for them. And then finally, your content buckets needs to answer the how. This is going to be your unique brand mission or your story. It's going to be what sets your content apart from anything else that your audience might be choosing to engage with or act on. And these why, who, and how things, these are internal to your business. You're never going to create a content piece unless you're me teaching on content, right? (laughs) But you're never going to create a piece of content out there and says, these are the marketing and business goals that I want to achieve. And I'm using content as opposed to another marketing technique because this. 
No, no, that's not happening. These are internals. Your content buckets, when you look at what the three buckets are, need to more or less answer why, who, and how easily and internally. Now let's move on to easy ways to define your content buckets. I'm pretty sure that this is why you're listening to this episode in the first place, right? And if you want actual concrete examples for each of these three, I do recommend you go back and listen to the old content bucket episode. It's number 134. And I have in there several examples on how different businesses can do that. In the interest of brevity, I'm not going to give too many examples here outside of my business. But the first one that I like, and the one I actually really like the best, is talking about attention, interest, and trust. And the reality is this aligns very closely with the no like, and trust factor. Obviously, that's how I name my podcast, so it's not a surprise I like this. But I like saying attention, interest, trust, because it gives you a way to remember your content is out there doing a job. And these are the three jobs. The first is to gain attention. Hi, look at me, not the other person. We can do this with the hook, that first line of our piece of content. We can do this with stunning graphics. If it's more of a visual platform, we can do this in a variety of ways, but we have to get their attention. We have to stop the scroll, so to say. Next, we need to get their interest. Now, this probably sounds a little bit like attention, but here's the defining distinction. You can yell fire in a crowded room and you will get attention. (laughs) But if there's not actually a fire, you're going to lose interest pretty quickly and also probably really upset a whole lot of people along the way. So attention is that first, you know, first moment. Interest is them saying there's something worth sticking around here. So you want to get their attention and then you want to gain their interest. And finally, you want to build trust. And trust, of course, is going to be the longest part of this journey. But your content buckets should have ways to be doing all three of these things. And if you want to define certain buckets as attention buckets, the next one is an interest bucket and the next one is a trust bucket, it makes it really easy for you to define your content buckets. Another easy way to define your content bucket is having a three-part message. And I have taught different ways to do this in the past. If you want a really good in-depth way to do this, I highly recommend going and checking out Dr. Michelle Mazur. She has a program and a book called The Three Word Rebellion. And I have never seen a better training or a better really just like encompassing strategy on how to do this than I have from her. So that's like your deep dive homework if you want to go take it. But outside of that, I want to talk a little bit about what the three-part message can be. And I'm going to give you a couple examples from my own business. The first I've already mentioned, no like, and trust. I use content to build that no like, and trust factor so people are more likely to refer people to me and do business with me than the next content strategist up the block, right? So I could easily define my content buckets as no, here's how you know people or build that knowing relationship, right? Here's how you get them to like you. And here's how you start building that trust. I actually don't use no like and trust for my own content buckets. Although if you hear what they are in a little bit, you're probably going to realize it aligns very closely with that, which is no surprise. It's a big cornerstone of my business. I also have another three-part message, make, measure, and multiply. In terms of your content strategy, if you're not actively making content, actively measuring the content that you have already created, and then multiplying that past content so that you can, you know, get off the content creation hamster wheel, your content strategy, in my opinion, in my 
expert opinion is incomplete. So I often talk about the three M's, make, measure, and multiply. We could call this my three-part message very easily. And in truth, if you look at my content, all the content I've been producing in 2022, at least, I guarantee you every piece of it would fall into that make, measure, and multiply as one of them being each of my buckets. But that still isn't my actual content buckets. My actual content buckets these days are strategy, measuring, and the daily what to say. And the reason for that is those are the questions I get most often from my audience and from my best clients. Brittany, what is the overall strategy? What, what should I be doing with my content? What should I be actually like planning? And then there's that measuring piece. It's new to a lot of people, so they don't always know the right questions to ask, but they're, they're always going to ask some version of that question. And sometimes if they don't want to ask the hard question, which would be something along the lines of, wow, um, ooh, is my content doing its job? They might ask a softer question, more like, well, how do I know that creating content is even worth it to me? Well, the answer, of course, is are you measuring your results? That would prove whether it's worth it to you and your business. That would prove whether it's doing that heavy lifting. But I get a lot of questions in and around that subject. So that's another one, my content buckets. And then the final one, which is usually usually the first question I get, not the deepest, is the daily what to say. Okay, cool, Brittany. I've got my strategy. I know which pieces were working in the past, but like, what do I say today? That is the most common question I get. And you can really only answer that by having the strategy and measure pieces in place. But I still need to talk a lot about the daily what to say because that is what is top of mind for my best client. If you want to talk about the things they're worried about, the things that they're anxious about, it's always, well, what do I say today? Well, what do I do today? Well, what do I post now? So my three buckets are the strategy, the measure piece, and the daily what to say, which align very closely, obviously, with make, measure, and multiply, and also align with know, like, and trust. Knowing, liking, and trusting all depend on having a good strategy, measuring the results of it so that you know your strategy is sound, and then finally implementing it into that daily what to say plan so you're never scrambling at the last minute and staring at the blinking cursor of doom. Those are my favorite ways to define your content buckets. I did give more examples from other kinds of businesses, again, as a reminder, in that original episode. So feel free to hop back on there. I know we'll have a link in the show notes for that. But I wanted to give you guys an example about how that three-part message aligns with attention, interest, and trust, and how I actually employed it in my own business. Now, finally, before we close this content bucket creation episode, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between niching and content buckets. So whether you want to call it niche or niche, I'm not going to judge here, but I know a lot of people get that concept confused with content buckets. So I want to talk a little bit about that. You can be multi-passionate and offer several different services and still have really well-defined content buckets. No matter who you are, no matter what kind of business you offer, there is a common thread between your services. So even if you do offer what you would probably define as disparate services, you can still have content buckets that encompass your reasoning for it. Remember, I'm going to go back to talking about your core values being the pillars upon which your brand and your business stand. There is no way I'm going to believe you're offering services that go counter to your core values, not for any length of time, at least. You may have a whim. 
It happens, right? We all have like little interests here and there, but there's no way you're going to offer a long-term service that does not pay homage to your values. Therefore, you have a way to weave your values into your content buckets. And as a result, your niche and your content buckets do have to play nicely together. Now, when I attended CEX back in May, Jordan Harbinger, uh, who's a fairly well-known podcaster, uh, he gave an interesting take on niching because someone asked how he would figure out what the content for his next episode would be. And he talked a little bit about things that he was interested in and not paying attention to what's trending right now. That's, that's really paying, you know, real true attention to your niche, right? He talked about having buckets that make sense and how what he's interested in usually fits in one of those buckets. Again, going back to what I said earlier, your core values are the pillars upon which your business stands. So if there's something you're interested in, there's probably a common thread. He also said he doesn't guess on what's going to be popular with his audience because he's wrong all the time. That's why we measure friends. We measure because as a marketer, we're still testing. We're still throwing something out in the dark. It's not quite spaghetti. It's not like completely unstrategic, but we're often wrong about what's going to resonate with our audience. We have to measure. When it came to actually niching, what Jordan said, and I thought this was really smart, I really liked it. He said, I started really narrow and then found that I could expand as my interests expand. He said it would be a shame to be locked into a genre or a particular content silo. It may be the rock around which everything orbits, but you can expand from there. And I really like that quote. I really like how we can apply it to the idea of niching versus content buckets. You have to have a niche. You have to have a a service area, an audience defined for whom you are offering services or products. That is a non-negotiable. But much like this show is called the no like and trust factor, and yet I don't talk just about building psychological no like and trust, right? I talk about how to use it in content. I talk about how to use it in funnels. I talk about how to use it in various different avenues. Those are my interests, right? That is how I choose to employ the know, like, and trust factor in marketing for online businesses in general. And it would be a shame for me to get locked into a single genre. If I only talked about how to create content for LinkedIn, for example, I would probably get bored very quickly. But when I talk about content strategy as a whole, and then specifically how course creators bloggers and service providers can use content creation strategy in their business to make their marketing easier, it gives me much more to talk about. But it's all built on the idea that we are using marketing to further our businesses. And we're doing it in an ethical way. We're building that know, like, and trust factor for the long-term game, not a quick, you know, get rich quick scheme, right? When we talk about content buckets and niching in that lens, I think it's much easier to make your content buckets because friends, I know the reason most of you who haven't made your content buckets yet haven't gotten there is because you're afraid of being confined into one little area. And you're afraid that if you are confined, you're going to get bored. And on the flip side, for anyone who didn't resonate with that particular statement, the other reason you're afraid to make your content buckets is because once you've committed to them, you've committed to them. And sometimes it's just easier not to commit entirely so you can keep moving with the flow, right? But when we look at it as this, we can start narrow and then we can add interests as our own interests expand. When we look at it 
as not pillars that are immovable, when we look at buckets as something that do come in and out, that can be tweaked and altered, it's not so scary. And when we look at content buckets as a way for us to stay on brand, but not be confined to one single idea, then it makes employing and implementing that content strategy so much easier. All right, I hope that helped y'all. The reality is content bucket creation is something that will make your life easier. So if this episode did make it easier for you, if I've helped you remove a few questions or fears or anxieties about creating your content bucket, do me a solid, rate and review the show and share it with someone else who needs to hear this message. Until then, see you guys next week. 